0: Good afternoon. <clears throat> it's been a uh, really a blessing for us to be here, and we're thankful for the opportunity that uh, you gave us. Uh, please excuse my voice. Um, I've been I'm starting to lose my voice, <laughs> but um, but uh, this uh, afternoon uh, it's a privilege to share God's word to you, and uh, I won't keep you long. If you have your Bibles with you, please open it in John chapter fifteen. John 15, verse 12 to 17. And I'll read it and just follow me with your eyes. John chapter 15, verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love had no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you for who you are. Thank you, Lord, uh, once again for this time that we can study your word. I pray that may you uh, just help me, Lord. Give me, Lord, clarity. Give me, Lord, liberty. Give me, Lord, the words, the right words, Lord, to say. And, Lord, I pray that may you continue to speak to your people. And, uh, give us understanding to your word. Most specially, I pray that may you be the one that will be glorified, be honored, and be praised. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, just uh, the title of this uh, message is Two Basic Things in Missions. It's just a simple message. Uh, if you've been a Christian for some years, it's more like a reminder for us. But I just would like to encourage you about uh, reaching out. You know, there's two ways for us to reach out. It's either uh, intentional or relational. Intentional is you plan it. Like, uh, like yesterday, we have soul winning. That is Intentional. Uh, You schedule it. Uh, Relational is through friendship, um, uh, relatives, co-workers. Those are relational. Now uh, here in this passage that we just read, this is part of the Upper Room Discourse chapter. Um, John chapter 13 to 17, those are the Upper Room Discourse chapter. Chapter 13 was where Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Chapter 14 to 16, that was where Jesus taught the disciples, and Judas left already before Jesus started teaching them. Chapter 17 is what we know, the highly priestly prayer of Jesus. If If you read that chapter, it's a very beautiful chapter. You will see there how Jesus prayed. But in the center of the upper room discourse chapter, it's this passage that we just read, uh, John chapter 15, verse 12 to 17, the very center of the Upper Room Discourse chapter. And on this passage, there's a word that was mentioned three times. That word is friends in verse 13, verse 14, and verse 15. Now, uh, just two things that I just would like to share to you here on this passage and how we can be just basic things and mission and how we can be effective in uh, reaching out to someone. Now, the first thing that we'll see here is in verse 13. It said here, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The first thing is compassion. This verse is compassion. Greater love. And the greatest example of that is that a man laid down his life for his friends. And this is What Jesus did for us, actually, Jesus is the first missionary ever. He is the very first missionary. So that this is compassion, that uh, that a man laid down his life for his for his friends. I uh, look up for definitions of compassion, and this is what I learned: compassion is passion in action. Passion in action. To simplify that more, it's like you know, you understand the needs, the sufferings of other people and you want to do something about it. That is passion in action. Another meaning, uh, definition I learned is to remove ordinary boundaries so you can love beyond that you can love. Ordinary boundaries. Those are your pride your status in life, or anything that will hinder you to love a person more that you can love that person. And if you think about that, that is hard. That is hard. You can include there if that person don't like you. <laughs> that is a boundary. And hopefully not, vice versa. <laughs> but, you know, when we were in the Philippines in uh, 2012, you know, we helped planted a church there. One of the Islam family that we reached out to the Lord after they all got saved, they stopped going to the mosque. In the mosque there, they have, a, they have friends, they have, there's a lawyer there. Now, after they stopped going to the mosque, they were persecuted by Muslim friends. Um, they accused the man, the father, that is something that is not true, and it ended up that the man was put in jail. It's, uh, it's been two years now. You know, the Philippines, it's slow it's there, it's slow. Um, and they did not stop there. They got their only property, a piece of lot. If you have a piece of land in the center of Manila, last time I checked, uh, two months ago, it's uh, for every square, uh, square meter, we go by square meter there, for every square meter, it's like 1500 to $2,000. It's expensive there. Now, I'm sharing this because how can you love someone that will hate you like that, that will persecute you like that? That is hard. But you know, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. Amen. We can do it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it said, But the fruit of the Spirit, the first fruit of the Spirit is love. In the Bible, God shows us a lot of examples of compassion. The best example is the compassion of Jesus Christ for us. Five times in the Bible, that it's, it mentioned that Jesus was moved with compassion. One of the most popular verse here is in Matthew chapter 9, a familiar passage, Matthew 9 verse 36. Uh, I'll just share this with you. Matthew 9 verse 36 it said here, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now, the background of this passage is Jesus attracts a lot of people. Now, imagine Jesus is standing here, and everyone is standing in front of Jesus. And when Jesus looked at them, he said, they are scattered, and they are fainted. You know, uh, Jesus doesn't only see how they look. Jesus saw also what's what's in their mind, what's in their heart. What's their problem? What's their situation? What they're going through? And he said, he, they're scattered. And they are fainted because uh, back then, they, they, they did not know the gospel yet. All they know is the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the law. And we can say that they are religious, but they've been blinded. Religiously blinded. So they are fainted. They've been overburdened by the law. And uh, when uh, Jesus saw that, he He saw that they're hopeless, and he was moved with compassion. And when he was moved with compassion, he asked for his first prayer request. His prayer request is, he said, Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. When Jesus was moved with compassion, his first prayer request is to pray for laborers. Pray for more laborers. You know, wherever we go, in the ministry, here in your church, in my home church in in Charlotte, North Carolina, in my dad's church in the Philippines, wherever we go here in the world, in the ministry, we need more laborers. Because the harvest is plant juice. So when we are moved with compassion, that's the first thing we need to do. Pray for laborers. If you want to step that higher, pray that God will make us, all of us, a laborer. You know, there will be, in your in our circle, there will always be someone in our circle that they will not know the gospel unless you tell them. No one will have access to them, not me, not pastor, no one, but only you. There will always be a person in our life that they will not know the gospel unless you tell them. So, pray that God will make us a laborer. Pray for laborers and pray that God will make us a laborer. Um, You know, just imagine this. It's so, you know, uh, yesterday, it's so great that we went out for soul winning. But uh, imagine this. If all of us are laboring together here, your church, just imagine the potential Probably in five years' time, you may, you may need a bigger bigger space. Just imagine the potential if all of us are laboring together with pastor. So, pray that God will make us a laborer. One more verse on this point in Jude 22. It said here, another familiar verse, and of some have compassion making a difference. Some have compassion making a difference. I... Uh, I read of this story, this illustration. Uh, One day, there was an elder man walking along the seashore. While he was walking there, he saw thousands of starfish that was washed away on the seashore. And then a little bit far from him, he saw a boy, probably nine years old, picking up those starfish and throwing them back to the sea. Now that man, when he saw that boy, he observed him. For several minutes after several minutes he walked to him and asked him what are you doing the boy said I am helping the starfish the man said there are thousands of starfish here what would be the difference what the boy did he picked up another starfish and said to the man I will make a difference to this one <laughs> throw it back to the sea you know, we may not be able to reach the whole world. You may not be able to reach your whole community, Pembroke Pines. But I may not be able to reach the whole Manila, Philippines. But if, if each of us will reach out to someone, share the gospel to that person, disciple that person, we make a difference Amen. to God. Amen. And of some have compassion, making a difference. You know, once we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are a missionary. We are all missionaries once you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. One job of a missionary is to share the gospel of Jesus. So I encourage you, I challenge you, reach out to someone, share the gospel to that person, disciple that person, we make a difference to God. God is looking for compassionate people. Compassion is the first thing that we'll see here. Verse 14, (coughs) it said here, Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever, I command you. The second thing is obedience. This verse is obedience. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever, I command you. Now, the background of this passage is Judas left already and within... 24 hours, Jesus will be crucified, and he is talking to his disciples. It's like he is telling his disciples, "I am leaving, and I am leaving the work that I have started to you, disciples." So it's like Jesus is depending on them that they will continue what he have started. We know what the disciples did; they obey God. They turned the world upside down. Now the disciples are not here. We are the ones that's here and Jesus is telling us, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Jesus has given us a great commandment and that is the great commission to share the gospel and to disciples. I... uh, I, um uh, Pastor mentioned this, what the, uh, Hudson Taylor men- said, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. A.B. Uh, Simpson said, the Christian is not obedient unless he is doing all in his power to send the gospel to the hidden world. God is looking for obedient people. You know, I'm like a a product of missions. The one that led me to the Lord is my dad. The one that led my dad to the Lord is an American missionary. His name is Russell Ebersole from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. 1960s, my dad was a teenager, Roman Catholic. All of them, my uncles, my grandparents, all of them are Roman Catholics. 1960s, God called... uh, Russell Ebersold to be missionary to the Philippines. He went there. He met my dad and also three of my uncles. He shared the gospel to them. They all got saved. All four of them. After several years, God called them all to preach. All four of them. They all became pastors. They started churches in the Philippines. Uh, my three of my uncles went to the southern part islands of the Philippines. My dad, uh, by God's grace, he started three churches already. I have cousins that are pastors. All of my family, by God's grace, are in the ministry. God changed our family heritage because of one man's obedience in God's calling in his life. And as far as I know, all of my family on my dad's side, they are all saved. You see how God used a man because of his obedience? And what he did there in the Philippines, it doesn't stop yet. It will continue. It will continue. Only eternity can tell how much of an impact he did there because of his obedience to God's calling in his life. God is looking for obedient people. Will you be obedient to God's calling? To share the gospel and to disciples. So here... God is looking for compassionate people. God is looking for obedient people. In verse 15, it said here, henceforth, meaning after. After you show compassion, after you obey God, Jesus said here, I call you not servants, or in the Greek word, slave. And in, in, in the middle part of verse 15, but I have called you friends. After you show compassion, the people after you obey God Jesus will tell us you are my friends and I think that is a sweet thing to hear that's a sweet thing to hear that is like a higher level of intimacy to God and the blessing on that is if you could continue reading for all things that I have heard of my father I have made known unto you all things you know would you like to know God's perfect will? Be compassionate, be obedient. Um, Abraham was called the friend of God. And in Genesis chapter 18 said there, shall I hide to Abraham the things which I'll do knowing that he will be a great and mighty nation? Jesus, uh, God did not hide that to Abraham. When, uh, when God called me to preach, I was 16 years old. I was 19 when the Lord started dealing with my heart about missions. So there's more than two years gap there. But uh, within those two years, I've been praying and seeking God's specific will in my life, what He would want me to do. uh, You know, while praying and seeking, I do the obvious things: gospel winning, God or knocking, witnessing to your friends, uh, witnessing to your uh, relatives, compassion. That is compassion. And by doing that, you are obedient to God's command. And then that's how God uh, confirmed his calling in my life. So that's how, uh, that's how, would you like to know God's perfect will? Be compassionate to the people and obey God. Verse 16, it said here, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. It said here God has chosen us, God has ordained us, God has called us to what? To bear fruits. And we can do that by being obedient to God. I close this uh, message by this thought. When you go to a cemetery, you will see tombstones. On tombstones, you will see two dates. The birthday and the death date. Those two dates. Now, between those dates, there's the dash. That dash represents that person's life. If that person's lived 30 years, it's only a dash, if that person's lived 50 years, 70 years, 100 years, it's only a dash. Now the question is, after your dash is, is done, after your life here in this world is done, what will be the impact? What will be the difference that you can live here for God's glory? I'm thankful that when God called me to preach, He lets me know that there are only two things here in this world that will last for all eternity. Those two things are the Word of God and the souls of men. The Word of God and the souls of men. You focus on those two things, you will have something that you will not lose forever. Reading God's Word, memorizing it, studying it, you have something that you will not lose forever. Gospel so winning God or knocking, witnessing to your friends, witnessing to your coworkers, investing in missions, you know, the faith promise mission, investing in missions. If we have a, re, a retirement account, IRA, ROT, 401K, it's like investment for eternity, uh, the faith promise. You know, you focus, if you, have, you do that, you, have, you will have something that you will not lose forever. So I encourage you, I challenge you, focus on the things that will last for all eternity. There's a song that said, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Pray that this message was a blessing to you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for reminding us. I pray, Lord, that may you continue to use your church here, to be a beacon of light, to reach more souls for your glory. We give to you all the glory and honor. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.